Jim Rohn said, Discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment. Dwayne The Rock Johnson said, We do today what they won't, so tomorrow we can accomplish what they can't. Lou Holtz said, Winners embrace hard work. They love the discipline of it, the trade-off they are making to win. Losers, on the other hand, see it as a punishment, and that's the difference. Welcome to Make Shit Happen. This is episode number 64. My guest today is Manny Ranero. Manny, at the age of 18 in 1994, came to the United States with $150 in his pocket. Very basic English and a pregnant 20-year-old wife. Manny's first job was standing on the street waiting to be picked up as day laborer on Slater Street outside Home Depot. Manny then got a job as a dishwasher in Fashion Island, Newport Beach, about a two-hour bike ride where he was riding his bike back and forth. He had at one time three jobs to support his family. It has been a wild ride for Manny. Many challenges, of course, but there's no ma magic formula. Manny's story tells us that hard work can achieve anything. He had no legal status in this country for over 10 years and a big language barrier. Starting from zero, but this great country that we live in, United States of America, allows everyone to fulfill our dreams. Manny is a prime example of what hard work can achieve and how hard work can make you achieve the American dream. Manny was, Manny has many hobbies today as traveling, uh, music, and he is living his best life today. Without further ado, let's jump in and dive into this interview, this inspiring, inspiring interview with Manny Ranero. Welcome to Make Shit Happen. This is episode number 64. Today, our guest is Manny Ranero. You know, uh, Manny, welcome to the show. And thank you very much, my friend. Uh, big fan of your of your podcast. Thank I you am. so much. Thank you. Manny, we talked about this like a couple of months ago. Yes. And we were like, hey, you know, I need to get you on there. And finally, you thank know, you. today we, we were doing the Facebook Live. And I'm yeah. like, can we do it today? And you're like, yeah, like let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Manny, you told me this story and, yes. you know, your story. And I didn't know about that. And, and I was I was very intrigued and very inspired by it. And, uh, you know, I, I think everyone has a story, right? Everybody. Everyone walking down the street has a story. You can go down to, uh, I mean, any crowded street and you can see people and they have a story. Everybody. Every bar, every club. In every... fact, your story and my story is pretty similar in, in some ways. In some ways, know, yes. In some ways, yes. You told me that you came from Mexico when you yes. were 17? 17. 17. 17. I was the typical kid in Mexico. Uh, uh Middle of the road, you know. Uh, very what part of what part of Mexico? I'm from San Andres Tuxtla Veracruz. It's a very small town in the mountains. It's called the Tuxtlas. Did you see the movie Apocalypto? No. With Mel Gibson. Did you see the Medicine Man with uh, Sean Connery? I, I think I've 80s. seen that. Yes, that was yes. filmed in my hometown. Oh, really? It's right in the middle of the jungle. Literally, you walk. I swear to God, five minutes, and you're in the middle of the jungle. Really? I mean, our. You know, our fun was literally go and swim in the river and go fishing and go hunting and camping and anything that has to do with, with outdoors. With outdoors. And then finished high school, you know, went to Mexico City to go to the Universidad Nacional Autónoma de México. That's the UNAM, uh -huh. the biggest university in all Latin America. I got accepted there. It's, it's big one. It's yeah. Big yeah. One. I mean, UNAM, right? Yes, UNAM. Right. UNAM. They even have a soccer team and... 
it's it's again one of the oldest and biggest uh, universities in in Latin America, and I was accepted. I was very proud of that, you know, and uh, went to the same university that my dad went. My dad was really proud of me and whatever. And um, semester in, I received a little phone call from my girlfriend at the time in Oaxaca that she was pregnant. Wow. Yep. So you're know, like, wow, 17 years old, what am I going to do? Uh, the whole world collapses on you, you know? So I decided to go to Oaxaca uh, without telling my parents. My parents told that I was in Mexico City. So I went to Oaxaca and tried to figure out what I was going to do. And you have no idea what you're doing. You just... I mean, at 17, you 17, don't. I have no idea. So we tried to figure it out and um, decided to move to, to Oaxaca. While I was doing high school, I kind of went to a little technical school to do some... Remember with Pascal and Basic, all those uh, uh, programming languages. So I did a two-year... When I was doing high school, at the same time in the afternoon, I was doing this technical thing. So I graduated from there. So I kind of presented my diploma and said, like, hey, I know how to do this. So they hired me. They were doing a, a highway from Mexico City to Oaxaca, blah, blah. So but I was doing nothing, like minimum wage. So we decided to obviously go to San Andres, talk to her parents, explain the situation, got married at 17. So now she was. She uh, was five years older than me. So she, but but she was five years older yes, than it's me. So Ivan, you, you know Ivan, my son. Yes. Well, that's that's his mom. Okay. So you both you both lived in San Andres. She right. That's had, what we met. What was she doing in Oaxaca? She went to Oaxaca. She was going to university too. Oh, she was going to school. Yeah, actually, <laughs> the funny thing is, her brother was like my best friend in high school. He didn't know I was I was dating his his sister, man. Sure. Okay. He just stopped talking to me after that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now so now you yeah. you got married. Yeah. Got married in Oaxaca. We went to Oaxaca, kind of try to do something, try to leave. I was living literally in a in a in a basement on this huge house complex, very very old. To tell you how old this place was, you have we were in the basement, but each floor has one bathroom to take showers. And the heater, the water heated was you need to bring your own block of like wood. Okay. You'll have 20 minutes to take showers. So you literally put the wood inside the heater, turn it on. This is like 1900s kind of deal. Wow. So yeah, we're tr trying to survive. And things start going really bad. We just bought, literally, I, bought, I was buying a mattress. Mattress at the time. <laughs> I was buying a mattress and payments. And one night, because do you remember, do you remember the, the, the movie Parasite? No. You, you didn't see Parasite. Okay, there's a scene where this, this family is living like in the basement of a building and there's like a rain really bad and the whole thing got flooded. Well, the same thing happened to us. I wake up like with the sound and like roaches going up into the bed. Wow. <laughs> and so this is this is this 17 is, years old. Then what happened? What do you so do? So her, her uncle kind of tells, hey, I live in, in, in California. Uh, you should bring, you know, uh, your husband at the time will choose me and have your son born in the United States. So we came in here with like $100 in the pocket, literally $100, my luggage, my wife at the time, we crossed the border, we had visa, uh, the time before we came to the United States. Um, so I had my visa, the officers are like, where are you going? Like, We're going to Disneyland. Okay, come on over. So we literally start driving on California and we're like, oh, this is, looks nice. This is Huntington Beach, California. So we stop in a Moto 6 and stay there. And the next morning is like, what do I do? guy that I literally met in Moto 6 is like, do you know English? I'm like, no. He's like, well, there's a Home Depot right there. You just stop in the corner and somebody's going to pick you up. I'm like, really? That easy? Okay. Yeah, I didn't know what it's getting for. So 
we got that. I got that going. I I the I been in La Migra thing. That happened to me like truck stop in the middle of the road. I mean, just running the whole. I mean, I did the whole thing. So now, now you grew up in Mexico. Yeah. I mean, you know, went to the university. Yeah. Middle class family. Yes. I'm assuming. Right, have never done hard labor work. Never in my life. Never, in your never. Life. I mean, the, the hardest labor is my dad go like, yeah, go ahead and cut the grass in the house, and I'll give you five pesos. Yeah, it's stuff like that. I mean, yeah. so. And now, now you're you now you're now you're right there exactly. for construction work. But here's the thing: my wife was pregnant, and and I need to you know provide diapers and stuff. For yeah. So so now you were going to the uncle's house. Yeah. Did you ever make it to the uncle's house? Yeah, we did. We did. We 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 we. And he was very tough. That's the whole thing. Being tough, sometimes it's good because he was like, okay, we were going into his house. And he's like, hey, to his knees, you know, like everything you're eating right now is taken care of. But you, everything you put on the table, you're going to pay me. And Talking to you. Exactly. At the time, I hate him. But right now, it's one of the guys that I think the most because he was really tough. Like I was riding a bike to go to work somewhere. And uh, in the middle of the night, somebody literally like, like let the air out of the thing. And it was like 30 minutes away from the house. So at 12, one o'clock in the morning, there was no buses or anything. So I called my hey, Juan, can you come and pick me up? He's like, hell no, I have to work in the morning. Just figure it out, just hang up on me. So I hate him, but all those little things, you can take this option. Yeah. Taught, taught you lessons stuff. because, because uh, you know, you just had to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. So now so now what happens, you you, you get to California, yeah. your, your, your uncle is a a-hole, and uh, my wife's uncle. your wife's uncle yeah. is he's he's very he's just it's an tough. asshole it's he's tough. tough guy tough. and uh he basically tells you to figure it out figure you're it out, out there working at outside home depot exactly. and, and, it, you, you, and again las pandillas the, the gangs and stuff was really hot so it's not easy because now you see the, the way it works if you ever picked up any 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 labor um the trucks come in this way so this is the first part of it it's they have like a little mafia because that's where the big things happen in the morning, you know? So everybody start getting into the truck and they'll push you all the way in the back. Like, hey, no, you know, like they, they can hit you. Like, in, like there's a little mafia there. So for the first week, I didn't know how to do it. So they push you all the way in the back. Anyway, just a big mess. I, didn't, I was not making money. So one friend of mine is like, well, I don't know if you know California. From Huntington Beach, there is another town called Newport Beach. They have a, a fashion island. There's a restaurant there who need a dishwasher. So I'm like, I'm going. I mean, if they're gonna pay me the minimum, I don't care. I'm just gonna go there. So from six in the morning till two in the afternoon, I was working as a dishwasher. And you buy your social security and your fake ID. You know, at the time is the only way you can work. So by two o'clock, I was out. I'm like, hey, just let me continue working. And the manager's like, no, I cannot let you work. I'm like, well, how do I do it? You know, I need to make money. He's like, well, you can only work forty hours, but if you bring me a different way of proving that you're somebody else. So I went and just bought a different identity. Fake identity, fake ID. I didn't care. I was just like, I need to work. So then I was working from four till like midnight. That's a boss boy. And that's the way I was doing it and riding the, my bike for an hour and a half to go back and forth. Finally, I realized after like six months that it doesn't matter how far you are, they're going to pay you the same thing. There was a Taco Bell across the street from my house. I'm like, duh. So I just went and worked for Taco Bell. And then there was another McDonald's across the street. So I was working from 10 in the morning till like 2 in the afternoon in the, McDonald's, in the, in the Taco Bell. Then I crossed the street at 4 o'clock getting McDonald's, getting off at 10, eating something. And then there was a Exxon Mobil. Remember the time when you have to go to the little window and pay for your gas? Well, 
I was working from 11 till five in the morning, just collecting money. And then I was going to sleep for three hours. Everything right across the street, like literally this is a street like this. There was a Taco Bell, McDonald's, ExxonMobil in my apartment complex. And that's the way to do it. So you're just working, I was what, working five days my, a week? Seven days a week. But then I was getting my breaks different. So I was able, but I had three jobs just to be able to do something. And I did that for so a now, year. Now, why were you months. working that hard? For this guy right here, <laughs> my son. Your son. <laughs> I was I was trying to make some, and because of the ethics, the way you, you wanted to prove, my dad was, what are you going to do to the United States? You're going to be legal there, blah, 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 stay here. I'm like, no, I'm going to make it my own, you know? And, and he had an a, accountant firm. He's like, what do you have to do all that? Just stay here. I'm like, nope, I'm just going to do it on my own. So it was kind of pride. It was like, I'm going to make it on my own. I'm going to make my choices. I was man enough to make this guy. I'm going to be man enough to, you know, well, there's not a lot of people like that, so I got to oh, commend you on that. Thank you. So, so now what, what? What was the? I mean, you were in California. Yeah. You're working three jobs and yeah. everything. Do you have any goal? Do you have any vision, or it's just like at that time mode. it was just like it's survival. You, it's survival. So, how long did you do that for? Two years, about two years, and then that was the time I don't even remember where PepsiCo was the owner of everything. This was in Irvine, California. That's where the big you know corporation is. So PepsiCo was the owner of Taco Bell, uh, Pizza Hut. Kentucky and all those. At the time, they was corporate owned, so they want to do franchises. So now, um, what they want to do is they want to sell all these franchises. So if you had a million dollars, you go and get, you know what, I want to buy this franchise. Yeah. And they'll send you a team to clean it up, train everybody, install everything, and leave you a month later at Taco Bell up and running. Well, that was, I found that opportunity. I said, like, I can, I talked to the guy, I said, like, I cannot leave, uh, you know, the United States, but if it's inside the United States, I can travel. As long as I don't have to go somewhere, you know, close to the border or whatever. And I was learning the language. I was trying to, you know, get up. So they gave me that job. So literally I was going for a month and going to this little town in, I don't know, Montana. And we opened that Taco Bell, came back, stay a week, and just go back and forth, just doing that. At that time, one thing that is interesting, going back to the this washing time, this washer days, um, I wanted to do something, you know, like, what do you want to do? What, I just want to work. So the chef was a teacher at a culinary school. So I'm like, hey, you know what? I want to do that. I'm like, you know, I like food. <laughs> God knows I like food. So why don't I just, you know, learn how to cook? He's like, oh, it's really expensive. You don't have papers. You're not going to be able to do it. You're not going to get into school. So I'm like, okay, what do I do? He's like, well, if you stay with me and you help me out, when you punch out on your own time, help me for three days cleaning the kitchen. The other two days, I'll give you tips and teach you how to cook. I said, okay, fine, I'm gonna learn a trade. I'm gonna do so. I did that for a year. Put pause. Years later, mm-hmm. years later, when I had the agency, Kroger had this uh campaign they want to do for the Hispanic market. Uh-huh. So they want us to give us some ideas for the uh for this Hispanic campaign. And all these agencies start pitching for these Hispanic campaigns. And I was like, I learned how to cook. Why don't we do a cooking show? And when we presented to Kroger, they loved the idea in 2008, 2006. And that's how I used that thing that I learned when I was illegal in California. And we created Cocinando con Manny. So now, now Manny, you you started working for PepsiCo, yes. going and opening up Taco Bells yes. and Pizza Hut and all that stuff. Yeah. What made you come to Houston? When we came, we opened the store at Bellway 8 in Westheimer some what store the, the the taco bell okay so a guy hispanic guy bought that franchise so they bought us here at the time of course this relationship with my ex was not really working out and uh so i came here and the guy when we trained we became kind of friends with the owner of the store 
And he's like, hey, man, why don't you stay here, man? And I need a manager, so I'll hire you. And I told him, dude, I have no papers. So, hey, I don't care. Just you're a good worker. We'll, we'll make it work. I'm mm -hmm. okay, fine. So he hired me, and we stayed here. And <laughs> I quit corporate, started working for the guy. And two weeks later, I got robbed at gunpoint at <laughs> that store. Oh, really? So I said, like, oh, my God. So it was kind of dangerous. I saw my son. I'm like, Jesus. I mean, I, I really saw it close. Like, one, one of my employees got hit in the, the head with blood and everything. So I got really scared. I'm like, yeah, this is kind of dangerous, man. So the next morning, I went and dropped the kids. I had the afternoon shift. I dropped the kids. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, thank you, man. And I started driving on West Timer towards Galleria. One of those things you're like, what am I going to do? You know, like, Jesus. Now, this was, what year was this? This was 2000, no, 1990, Jesus, 1996, 1997. Okay, that's when you came to Houston, That's roughly? when I came to Houston, and I was driving on, on Westheimer, and I remember just going crazy, like, what am I going to do? Just driving to a parking lot. I was like, literally put my, this is nine in the morning. So I put my hand on the wheel. I'm like, Jesus, what am I going to do? Literally, I'm, I'm, I'm just moved here. I don't know anybody. And then while I was dead in the parking lot, somebody came and knocked on the door on the window and it was just a guy dressed up as a manager, like a restaurant manager. He's like, Are you here for the training? I'm like, for what training? He's like, everybody's already in. It was a macaroni grill. So I'm like, Yeah, I'm here for the training. Oh, I just go in. So I did the training and they hired me. <laughs> True story. True story. And I worked for Macaroni Grill for about five, six years. Okay. So I just took it. I mean, literally, I was figuring out what I was going to do. So this is 95, 96. 96. So then uh, got divorced, uh, moved to San Antonio. Did a few, like, that's the dark side of my life. Went crazy two years. Uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. Again, all this transitional thing. Finally kind of settled down. And uh, the opportunity coming to work in, 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 in Houston came around again about 2001, came back to Houston, 2002. So now, now what did you, uh, you said that you got, uh, you started filming. Well, that's a crazy story too. How did you start filming? Oh my God, that, it was totally by mistake. It was a big mistake. No mistake, by coincidence. Let's coincidence. Call it coincidence. Like the thing about the window in the restaurant, it was exactly the same. A little bit of a long story, but here we go. I'm working for Macaroni Grill. Everything that you hear in the Hispanic, I'm a big rock, you know, Led Zeppelin, Guns N' Roses, Bon Jovi, but I love Hispanic rock as well. Caifanes, or the stereo, the, the, the music that I grew up. I'm a musician. I love playing drums, guitar, and the whole thing. But you don't listen to that in Houston at the time. Remember, there was not Spotify, there was nothing. So... I'm driving, and all you hear is La Raza and Norteño and Banda and this kind of music. That is okay, but I'm not a big fan of it. One day I'm driving back to work and turn, you know, changing the stations, I can hear so the stereo on the radio. I'm like, Jesus, what, what's the station? What's the new station called XO? It's a new radio station. So I'm like, oh, my God, I love this radio station. When I was a kid, my uncle owned a radio station in San Andres, and I kind of play around and love the radio part of it. Audio, all that recording, I loved it. So I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to, I don't have any papers at that time either. I mean, just still have no papers. So I'm like, I'm going to create a show. I'm going to edit it. I had a computer, and I was kind of working with mics and kind of playing around with some software. So I'm going to create a show, a pilot show. I'm going to bring it to the station. So I created the pilot show, and on my resume, you know, your application, you're like, what have you worked with? I'm like, this washer is not going to make it and <laughs> working outside of Home Depot either. So I put that I was working 
at my uncle's radio station in San Andres. That's uh -huh. a radio station experience, blah, 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 producer. And then I'm like, what else? I mean, this is the second page right here. I need to fill it up. So you know what? I'm going to say that I work at a TV station. They're not going to call. I mean, my thing is for radio. I'm just going to apply at radio. I just need to make it look like they're not going to call Mexico and find out if I work there. So I put that I work at Telever, which is kind of Televisa kind of big thing. Producer. Fine. I just go to the, to the station, make the application. Here's my application. Here's my demo. Let me know. At that moment, they are firing an assistant producer. This is right when I'm dropping my application. I'm turning around, getting to the, uh, to the elevator, and this guy comes out upset. So he gets in the elevator with me. The producer comes out and tells the receptionist, hey, we just fired, uh, I don't remember his name. We just fired this guy. We need to hire somebody who's an assistant. If somebody drops an application, let me know. He's like, well, that fat guy right there, he just, <laughs> he sees it. He's like, call him. So he called me. Remember those big old cell phones? Yes, they need to see you right now. So I was getting to my car, so I just go up again. His name was Robert Cabrera. He's like, hey, Manny, I see your application, so you want to do, you want to be a producer? I'm like, yeah, I love producing. He's like, well, we just need an assistant producer. I'm like, not a problem. I'll do it. He's like, are you familiarized with, you know, what do you want to do? I'm like, I want to do a music show, this and that. I want to produce this. I want to do that, blah, blah. I'm like, hey, you know how to edit? I'm like, yeah, I know how to edit and how to produce and all this. Okay, fine. One hour later, we're just talking. He's like, love it. Hire. You're hired. I'm like, awesome. Thank you very much. Shake hands. Put pause. He was firing. I didn't know at that time that Lieberman, who is Lieberman Broadcasting, owned XO, but at the same time, they, uh, they own a TV station. So they were hiring you for They TV. were hiring a TV guy. I did the whole the whole interview. He was talking about a assistant producer for TV, and I was talking radio. <laughs> it same concepts: editing. You want to produce. Yeah. You want to do this. I want to do a TV show. I, mean, I never say TV, but you want to do a show, a music show, blah blah blah. So they hire me, and like, okay, just let's go and do an interview, okay? And you have never done anything never, on TV. I never grab a camera, dude. I just put it in there just to be able to like. To be cool. You have to survive. You've literally you don't survive mode. so he's giving me a tour i don't know this at the time so he's giving me a tour he's like well he's la raza right here used to be at uh, i-10 the big building for Liverman. he's la raza here's this here's like so okay we're going to tv i'm like no no no. wasn't radio I'm like no we're doing tv dude i didn't know i was like okay well fine whatever monday show up there's no productions all all week first production is on friday so there's the executive producer then you have the producer who's the guy that kind of uh, gives the ideas with the, the clients and stuff. And then you each producer has a TV uh, a camera guy, operator, and an editor. So I was going to be the camera guy. So we go to the client. I remember it was Landmark Chevrolet. I remember perfect. We go to Landmark Chevrolet with the producer. I have no idea. All these boxes and cables. So the producer is like, well, this is the only time I'm going to be with you. You're going to come next time by yourself. This is the camera. This is the driver. This is the, the lights. I want you to do a tree lighting system. I want you to put all the frequencies at 52.526. And then the lighting, you know, temperature is going to be at this. And I wanted, I have no idea what he's talking about. So he goes to, to the client. I'm opening things. I'm seeing cameras and see trap. And I'm talking about the big beta cameras. You do, do me a white, you know, a white balance at 56 K. I had no idea. The guy comes back, sees that I'm with the cables and everything around me. He's like, what's going on? I'm like, okay, dude, I have to be honest with you. I have no idea what I'm doing. I tell him the story. The guys start laughing. He's like, dude, I'm not going to fire you. I'm going to teach you this once. Next time you're going to be by yourself, it's up to you. So uh, 
whole week goes by. I used to go to the library rather than in, in, in West Timer, try to read as much as I can about production. Next Friday comes in, I need to go to Lennox Chevrolet and myself. Put the camera, the camera is all tilted, the audio is all burned, the colors are completely messed up. So I don't know what I'm doing, I'm just recording. Uh, and then at the end, I remember that this guy has gonna have like a little kiss and he was gonna do this to the TV. Like, he's gonna show his hand like this, a graphic's gonna show up and we have your car here at Langer Chevrolet. When he does this, you know how he's standing next to the camera? With my elbow, I hit the little handle and the camera goes like, Whoo. I'm like, okay, you know what, that's it, I'm done. I pack it, everything good? Everything good, just pick, pack everything, go back to the station. And at five o'clock, everybody left. So I was waiting. So they don't see me coming in. So I have the tape in the afternoon was the Gravia shirt. That's where the other editor was showing up. So I show up, a young kid just out of school, very idealistic. So I'm like, hey, I don't remember his name. I'm like, this, my name is Manny. I'm just filmed this this morning. You're going to edit it. Let me tell you what happened. He's like, nope, don't tell me anything. I remember how he said it. Like, don't tell me anything because you are the, you're going to be filming this. I'm going to be editing. So we have to be here. So when you drop me something, I need to see how you want to film it. So I'm going to edit it that way. So let's do a test. Let's just go ahead and ed let me edit it and see what's up. I'm like, dude, have a blast, man. <laughs> I know I'm going to be fired on Monday. Come back on Monday. There is a, there's a note on my desk. And this is the manager for the station. And the guy's like, Manny, we'll see you at the uh, conference room. I'm like, oh, crap. That's it. I'm done. I'm walking into the, uh, this is true story, brother. Walk into the uh, conference room. Everybody's there. The station manager, the producer, the editor, everybody's there. He's like, Manny, sit down. We need to talk to you. Sure. What happened, man? He's like, I'm telling everybody, I'm going to show you what they produce on Friday for Langma Chevrolet. I'm like, oh my God, you're going to fire me in front of everybody. Okay, fine. He places the tape. He goes to see the commercial. Do you remember how this show called Punked started? Remember it was all like, Graphics all distorted. The Audi was distorted. Cars jumping. Dude, it was badass. Everything I did completely out focus and everything. This guy just put music and everything. And then at the end, when he's like, hey, you're going to find your cars here at Lamar Chevrolet. When I hit the line, the camera moves and the logo goes like this. And the manager's like, this is what we needed. This is new blood. This is the idea we need. Thank you very much, man. You better start clapping, dude. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> dude, and, and the kid who edited, he was like, I told you, man. I told you I was going to be able to get it. I'm like, dude, you just get perfect. That's how I want it. And the guy that knew that I didn't know anything who was there, I told him, like, you told, you're not going to say anything. You said you're going to say anything. Don't say anything, dude. He started laughing. He's like, no, this cannot happen again. We're going to film next Friday again. Same thing happened. We film everything. Third week, okay, the station manager calls me. Hey, Manny. Um, we have an issue. I'm like, what happens? Like, well, the person, the subobject, the producer needs to leave. So we have two options. Either we hire a new producer, or if you think you're up to it, we bring you up. I'm like, okay, what's going to be my job? He's like, well, you just need to talk to the client, come up with new ideas, and kind of guide your production team to do it. So I just have to be creative? He's like, yeah. I'm like, done. I can do that. So they're going to put me a camera guy and editor. So now, a little story behind this. If you ever work in the Hispanic community on production, the producer tries to take all the credit. And usually you need to work your way up. You know, even if it's your idea, the producer is going to take credit for it. So I have my meeting with my editor and my camera guy. 
I'm like, okay, guys, this is going to be a team. We're going to do this together. We have a lawyer and he wants to do this. Okay. So what do you think we need to do? The guy's like, well, you tell us. I'm like, no, no, this is going to be a team. So what, how would you film it? He's like, oh, I should put this camera here. Put this. I like your idea, man. I'm taking notes. How will you edit it? I will edit it right here. Perfect, dude. Let's do it. So he's going to go and film. I'll go with you. Man, it's not your job as a producer. I'm like, I don't care. I'll help you. I carry cables and hey, we're a team. So he get there, put the camera. Okay, why are you putting these lights in here for? Well, I'm doing it because this guy, oh, I like your idea, man. And I'm taking notes and I'm learning now. Why do you press that button? Why do you put the camera this way? He thinks that I'm, as you know, kind of testing him. I'm learning. And that's what I'm doing. And then we get to the station, five o'clock. I need to leave. Well, no, I stay with the editor. And they're just like, you don't have to stay here, man. I don't care. We're the team. I need to help you. So we're going to do it together. Why are you pressing that button? That's to digitize it. Oh, digital. Okay. Taking notes. So I'm learning how to film, <laughs> edit. When the, the final product takes, you know, we bring it to the client. It's like, hey, guys, Manny did this. No, we all three did. Thank you very much. So we spread the, the you know, the, the, the wealth. And when the managers comes to talk to my two guys, how is Manny doing? How do you think they're going to say, oh, my God, oh, this he, guy helps he, us. He's like, he, loves, he they love carries you. things for me, man. So he loves it. Two years later, I'm still the producer, but now I know how to edit. Now I know how to film. Now I know how to do the whole thing. And I met a guy who has an agency, and the guy is like, man, I need to put my own production company. I'm like, I'll go with you. So I lift, left Lieberman, and I put my own company. And that's how? That's how it, like I said, it's, it was, it was a, a pure mistake. I went to a meeting as an audio guy, I ended up being a TV so producer. Now, so now you own Renero Production. Yes. And you do a lot of you know, producing. Yes. And I've seen like some, some of your uh, you know, uh, animated uh, yes. things that you're doing. We've been doing some animation now with the, uh, for Fresh Dental, actually. And we did, we did an animation for you. Yeah. We did a, a, a Super Sam. Yeah. See, that's, that's part of it. We started just as the production company, just as the regular video, uh, TV, 30-second, 15-second infomercial producer. And then clients would come and say, hey, man, we need a photographer. Do you know anybody? I'm like, I can do it. I will go and punt something, buy a camera, go with the guys, a good friend of mine who was a photographer. I'm like, hey. You have any photography coming in? Like, yeah, I have a wedding. I'm like, let me go with you. I help you taking pictures just on the side. Don't pay me, but just teach me a few things. Sure. Manny, you also told me that you, before you started, you know, like this, you know, started doing, now you're doing a lot of commercial stuff. Yes. But you were also doing weddings at one time. Yes. Well, 2009 hit us everybody really hard. Uh -huh. So uh, most of my production was commercials, you know, businesses and stuff. And then when 2008, 2009 collapsed the economy. So the first thing that goes is advertising. We were talking about it at lunch about yeah. that. And so I, I found myself with literally no income. So a friend of mine uh, was doing weddings, a photographer, mm -hmm. uh, Roberto. And I told him, hey, dude, um, what can I do to help you? Uh, I have a camera and I teach me how to take pictures and I'll go and do it for free for a few times, you know, a few times he taught me how to do it took a few pictures kind of learned how to do it and we started doing videos of weddings and then we did indian weddings and we did mexican weddings and we started doing all these events that even though the economy was collapsing but people still gonna get married yeah and we would indian, just, indian weddings are fun dude, huh? i'm telling you they're long <laughs> do you think the mexicans were fun mexicans have no idea how to have fun man indians do <laughs> Four days of 
craziness. It was just amazing. <laughs> it was a great experience. I met some beautiful people. Yeah. It was it was bad. It was so bad. and then so how long did you do the We did that for two years. We did that for two, two and a half years. That's when the economy kinda started, 2012, 20, you know, kinda 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 go up. On 2008, we had a project. Remember, I told you about the cooking show. Yeah. So we kind of present that to Kroger. It was Cocinando con Kroger, Cooking with Kroger. It was only one sponsor. 2009 hits. We have to close. They they took the budget away. So only one sponsor. We didn't have anything. Mm -hmm. But I kind of put that show on a shelf. I'm like, this is going to be something that I'm going to be able to do later. Mm -hmm. On 2012, I met. Uh, the Padilla family, the owners of Mamalicha. We start talking, and they what is to, what is Mamalicha? Mamalicha is yeah, know. Mamalicha is a, a man. Some great products, food products. Okay, um, they have rice out beans, of Mexico. Out of, no, out of what uh, Salvador. Out of Salvador. They're Salvadorian family. Salvadorian family. So their product was kind of mainly Salvadorian, and then what they wanted to do, and the concept that we created was kind of like making Latin, so not only Salvadorian people will eat it, just if, if seventy percent, yeah. if seventy percent is Mexican in Houston, why don't we just try to focus and make this product available for the Hispanic community? It worked great, and so they were like, "What, what, what is the idea you have?" Well, I have a cooking show that I did in two thousand eight, and it's called Cocinando con Manny because now I want to do it my brand and have sponsors around it. They love the idea, man, and they've been with us since then. It was our first sponsor. They believe in the show, and we've been. In Telemundo, Saturdays at ten in the morning, uh, since two thousand twelve, eight years, eight years, and so and so now, uh, now you have Cocinando con Man. Yes, get your Renero production. productions. And what else? We'll do the advertising agency as well. Oh, you have an advertising agency because a lot of people are like, "Well, I want to produce a thirty second spot, you know." And what do we do now? How do I put it on TV? And I'm, I'm talking to small, I mean, small businesses who have no idea. They're and you're doing budget. it on digital. And you're Everything. doing it on mainstream. Correct. We do we do mainstream media. We do uh, uh, traditional media, which is TV, radio, billboards, and stuff. But now, from five years till now, uh, the social media has been a boom. So everybody, that's something that I talk a lot. Everybody is like, hey, well, my daughter can just post this. Mm. Oh, my son takes great pictures. I'm like, it's not that easy. Social media is a whole different animal. So we've been, you know, taking courses and understanding how the social media uh, advertising works. So not only we will produce your content, but we'll help you to post it. So we literally under one roof, we can do everything from concept creation, media buy, research, production, uh, all the way to like literally give you a summary of and, and kind of monitor the results on your on your product so and now that. and now that you have papers now that love, i have papers you love traveling <laughs> <laughs> i love traveling man that's one thing that i love doing yeah. well that's how we met that's how we met so we met in colombia in colombia and we didn't know each other well here's the funny thing i did not well, you. you knew me because you had done with something for me in lieberman lieberman exactly but, yeah. that was a long and, uh, time ago and like uh you know you know sometimes you go out you know out places and you meet people yes. and they become your lifelong friends yes sir and uh you know another friend of our jp jp i met him that night yes met you that night and i don't know if you remember but like but like jp and then at like about i think like it was like 12 o'clock huh? we were in the lobby everybody was in the lobby everybody was getting to know each mm -hmm. other that was the first night and uh jp is like hey let's go out 
Yeah. I have no idea who's JP. Yeah. And I go out in Colombia and city of Bogota till 5 a.m. I remember because the we I felt so tired that and night. And the next and the next morning, me and Lucy go go out uh -huh. and we see you and yes. Frank. And Frank with from, from, from Classic. It was a funny story because the, that morning they were gonna go to a soccer stadium and kind right, of do right, some right. soccer thing. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not into soccer. You know, I wanted to go see Botero, the museum and all Cause that. Because you, you remember, I don't know if you remember, but that night you told me I'm not going to soccer. Oh, I'm no, not no, going right. to soccer. And you're going to go to, uh, uh, where were we at? El, el, el Montserrat. Montserrat. So Montserrat is 12,000 meters up. Above, up, right? Yes. And uh, and so, so yeah, I remember me and Lucy are standing in the line at Montserrat, <laughs> right? And I see, I see you and Frank. I mean, people who don't know Frank, uh, you know, is tall. tall it's right? tall. So, so Frank is like six four, six yeah, five. And I see him like I'm like Lucy. That's that guy from last night. Yeah. And then I see you. So I'm like, hey, come over. You can't in, can you, in the you, line. Yeah, because you were already in line, and we were just arriving. And yeah. It was a big line that day. And then we so kind of like, clicked off. Yeah, you know, that's that, it. That day, and and we hit it off. But yes, so so now yes, you like traveling. traveling, and I see your Facebook page, and you're always traveling, and I'm like this freaking guy <laughs> <laughs> well you know what going back to work i mean to, to what we're talking about one of the things when i started doing corporate stuff was well actually a friend of mine i was i think i was 35 mm -hmm. uh, and we're talking to one guy and he was older and he's like man you, you i mean life goes really quick i'm like yeah but you know it's still not you don't you don't grasp the concept of how quick life goes and he's like, well, let me give you an example. You think you're going to, how, how long do you want to live? Well, I just want to live, let's say, 85, man. I want to have good 85 years. Uh -huh. I think I told you this one. No, you didn't. And he's like, well, you want to live to be 85? I'm like, yeah, how, much, how old are you? I'm 35. He's like, so how many years do you have left? I'm like, I have 50 years, man. Oh, okay. That sounds like a lot, yeah. Those are 50 Christmases. That's it. Suddenly everything was like so only 50 christmas that's it and then they're going to turn the light off and that's it there's no way back wow that kind of put me in perspective you know like you're right man he's like what do you want to do what is your passion what do you really like to do i'm like dude i love music and i love traveling he's like do it start tomorrow i've never traveled to europe i've never done anything just working here i'm like wow you're right man i have to start doing that so one of the things that i did was from the company start finding businesses that have offices or manufacturing or whatever outside of the United States. So what I'll do is I'll come to you and sell you a product of a corporate video, a corporate image in which we have to go and film mm -hmm. your office. So they'll pay you for the trip. You'll go. And usually what we do is we stay three or four days They'll pay you for everything. And I'm like, well, instead of bringing me back on Sunday, can we bring me back on Wednesday or Thursday? I'll pay for my nights there. And that's how we started to do it. We went to Scotland and London, the first, actually the first time we went outside the United States for a you know, corporate video. Then my friends at Mamalicha, they took us to El Salvador. We did, we filmed their, their thing there. Then there's another store, Weiss and Bakers, the second biggest stone importer of granite into the United States. And they do a lot of building services. They have granite in Brazil. So we sold them the idea of doing a cor you know, corporate video. They took us to, El to, to, to Brazil 
and we filmed the corporate video and that's how we got to know Rio, San Paulo, Victoria. So that's how we started with the traveling thing. And that's and how you came up with that idea. Off, you came up with that idea. You're like, you go on their dime. You stay on yeah. four or five days on yeah. your dime. On my dime. But they pay you ready for the trip and everything. You just pay for three nights at the hotel yeah. and you get to know the city and they treat you great. And then after that, you know, we start kind of going and, and, and we have, me and, me and my wife, uh, we have an album. Do you know those albums that um, when you were a kid, yes. they're empty spaces yes. and you need to fill it up with like pictures of the yes. players? Well, we created one with pictures of different landmarks in the world. Uh -huh. So every time we go somewhere, we take that picture and we come home and we just put it in there. Brother. So we have to collect as many as we can before we, we take off. That's good. So yes, that's, that's, that's really good. And I mean, you know, uh, I mean, you know, traveling, I mean, it opens up your brain and opens totally. your mind. So, so where is now that, uh, you know, COVID has kind of yes. dampened some of the traveling plans, when was the last time you traveled? The last, we actually were very lucky because my birthday is February 21st and I, we heard the COVID was happening, blah, blah, blah. We actually had a trip you were going to, we were going to Monaco, right? We were going to Monaco and, uh, with the same kind of people took us mm. to, to Colombia and then I had a trip going to uh, Germany. We're going to Germany. We're going. But to but you were going on the same trip. Right? I was going the same trip so, with so you. So I mean, that trip was scheduled for April. It was April. April. And then 8th. they pushed it to July. Then they pushed it to July, which and I was I was not no, keen about uh, too. Yeah. But now I mean no, I don't it's know. It's going to be until have. July the next uh, April next year. They're going to do it. Okay. But actually, hopefully, hopefully we will live in a COVID-free world. Oh, well, I don't know about that. It's a new reality, but we're going. We're, we'll adapt. Yeah. But actually, going back to that trip. Um, on my birthday, I realized I'm going to be 45. I'm like, okay, this was literally on a Wednesday. I was not planning to travel because we had these two trips coming up. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm just going to stay here. Usually on my birthday, on my wife's birthday, we travel. Uh, usually April, we always take two, two weeks to go out. And um, so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be 45. This is my half game show. Like, you know, I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to be 85, 90. So this is 45. This is half time. Where do we go? Let's go to a beach. Literally, I opened, I opened a, a, a map with my wife right there. I'm like, where do we go? I mean, you want to go to Cancun? Eh, we've been there before. Da, da, da. We start kind of seeing. Let's go something that's two hours away on, on, a, on a flight. Dude, Cuba. That sounded badass. So we figured out how to do it. And we went to Cuba. That was the last. But thing. isn't it like you, you can't just go to Cuba. I think you have to yes, go you, with a religious well, thing. Right? No. Here's the thing. It was very hard uh, through Obama. Obama kind of opened it up uh, a little bit. And it was easy. Now you can just travel for pleasure. You can just go and travel for pleasure. Then the Trump administration cut some of those freedoms back, those traveling freedoms or whatever you want to call them, and put some more restrictions. But they still have ways to do it. That I did my research, and the way you can travel to Cuba, uh, you have to. There's 12 reasons. Okay, religious, educational, family. Even though I have family in Cuba, it was going to be kind of hard for me trying to figure out the whole thing. But there is one that is uh, supporting the Cuban people, and what you have to do is when you go, you have to eat at local restaurants. You have to, for example, with the cooking show, I'll go and take a cooking class in a private residence. Um, you stay in a hotel that is not government sponsored. So you actually go and help Cuban people. And if you do that, it, you, you can go. So I was kind of nervous at the beginning. I'm like, dude, what are we gonna do? But again, 
you have to understand that I kind of like to take risk. The day we crossed from, we went to this trip to Israel, and we crossed the border from Israel to Jordan. And that morning, they unfortunately killed a Palestine kid. And there was rifles pointing at us, crossing a bridge from one side to the other. <laughs> we were going to Petra. So that was, that was scary. So going to Cuba, that was last year. So going to Cuba was kind of, okay, let's see what is the worst that can happen. So we went. Dude, you have to go. Cuba is beautiful, beautiful people, huh? man. The, the country, the food, everything. How, is, how, how underdeveloped is it? Extremely, extremely. You, and is it's it's one of, it's one of those trips that I call like the best trip and the worst trip. I cry like seven times when I was there. Uh, older people they don't have access. Like a friend of mine is like, can you bring this bottle of of ibuprofen? I'm like, sure. He's like, the lady, my my mother in law is gonna come to the hotel, and uh, she'll pick it up. I'm like, sure, not a problem. I didn't know how bad it was with medicine. This this lady will die without ibuprofen and without aspirin. There's none. Like, you cannot get aspirin. It's ridiculous. And this older lady comes in, and they have to call me, and I have to give permission for her as a Cuban to get into the hotel. It's just bad. And and just by saying, like, sit down, just a sandwich or something. She was, like, so, like, oh, my God, having a sandwich and a Coca-Cola in front of her. It's ridiculous, man. It's just so weird. The yeah. people is amazing. So open. Some people were happy to talk about politics. Some people were not. You know me. I'm kind of like you want to talk I'm, about I, it. I love. I love talk about debating and politics. And it was. It was. It opened my eyes a lot. This is a great country. A great country. Definitely, I would recommend you go. Food. We went to La Bodeguita del Medio, and we went to uh, Floridita, and we went to the capital. We went to Baradero, the beaches, man. The Just beaches amazing. are nice. So, Manny, tell me something. So yes, now sir. you know you're traveling, traveling. It's come yes. down to pause. You've done. You know, got this nice business going on. Thank God. You know, and uh, you got blessed with good clients. Yes. What is next? You. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. What is what is next for Manny? What is next? Well, right now, try to figure it out. What's going on with this world, man? It's crazy uh -huh. in, in every situation. So I'm just trying to continue on a personal level. I mean, I'm trying that my business supports my lifestyle, if that makes any sense. There's a mm -hmm. lot of people who just go crazy for their business and forget about their lifestyle, forget about their own life. Mm -hmm. And I try to do it the other way around. So I'm trying to make sure that my business supports me, that I have a good life. That that's what that's all. That's all. I don't want a huge emporium, huge advertising. No, I just want something that I can offer good quality service to my clients. My last name is on my company, man. That's that's all I have. So and have an and, and have a good system. life at the same and time. And have a good life, you know. See my son, you know, have kids and just have fun, man. Just. Now, Manny, let me ask you a question. You know, yes, I, I ask this question to everybody, and you know, to, we are we are at that stage that we are, we are very end of our 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 segment, yes, right? Sir. If you let's say everything that you have ever done has been erased, all your production, all your travel, everything, and you got a pen and a paper, okay. and you write, you have three things to write about how you know maybe for the future world, future generations, grandkids, whatever whoever it is for your son, how to live life, or, you know, just three things. What is important in life? You know, anything you could think about. Wow, that's, a very, that, that's a very loaded question. Um, wow. Uh, I like to have fun. I like to enjoy. 
and I like to respect. So so that's going to be your advice? That, that's it. Have fun, enjoy life, and respect each other. And, and I think that if you do things right, if you, if you try to do good stuff, I don't know if that makes any sense. Uh, if you just... Just be kind, you know. It sounds trivial, but it's very, very basic. I, I like to. I mean, seriously, a lot of people who see my Facebook is like, "Dude, how many hobbies do you have?" I know. I think about the same <laughs> thing every time I look at your Facebook. <laughs> how many hobbies? Do you have? I fly little planes. I try, I'm learning how to play golf. I'm. I have my band. We like to travel. I mean, just have hobbies. Do things that really. When you die, you don't want to be the richest person in the freaking grave, man. Yeah. You know, just enjoy life. And if you do, I truly believe that when you do things, good things, this is going to be bouncing back. You're playing, you know, tennis against a wall. Just everything that you throw is going to come back at you. Come back at you. So I don't like, you know, uh, bad energies. I love throwing good energies, helping people when I can. Uh that's it, man. That's 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 life. One day the thing you don't know is gonna be. I can be walking out of here, and God forbid something happens, and that's it. Mm -hmm. I'm done. So you don't know when they're gonna turn the light on you. Or a need for you to be 85. I want to be 90. <laughs> I want to be 85, 90, dude. But if that happens tomorrow, I try to do everything I can as much as I can as enjoy life I while you have it. it. That's it, yeah, man. That's it. Life is. is a big gift. Yes, sir. Yeah, Annie. Thank you for coming. Mr. Sam, thank you very much. You know, was, I, I, love, I love the story of this guy that you told me, 17-year-old kid year old crossing man. the border. Yes, sir. When you when you crossed, when, before you came to America, uh -huh. right when you came to America, 17-year-old, yeah. 18, yeah. close to 18, were you scared? Did you ever feel scared? This is the funny part. I think I came at the right age. I'm going to tell you why. You have no idea about consequences. So I did a bunch of stuff without knowing what was going to happen. If I would have done, you know, I talked to my sister, my brother-in-law, and, and I'm like, just move over here. Oh, my God, no, my kids, what's going to happen? So you start thinking about a lot about the consequences. At 17, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just going with the flow. I was just trying to do things right. And I was just trying to survive. So I don't know if, if, if I don't know. If right now, if I would, I would try to do the same thing. Don't take me wrong. I think it would be more, more wise as, as we as we live older. But I'm really happy the way things happen. I will not regret a single little thing because every option and every decision, every choice I made since having this kid right here, because I could have done differently. Mm. Now, now let me ask you: you you do you play you play the band? And yes, everything. sir. Are you? When is your next? When is the next time? Dude, you have a as, big as, as soon as we can. We we're just like my hands are burning because we love to have a gig. If you do one of those gigs outside in the parking lot, we'll be happy to perform there. All right. It's just one of those things. Just that, can't, you know, we live in a different world. I mean, totally. you can't. We have a crowd or whatever. All right, before I let you go, yes, sir. Give me the next two destinations you're headed to. Well. Well, with the plans that we have for this year, we're going to push it for next year. So the next is going to be uh, Monaco and uh, what is it? It's Monaco and uh, Monte Carlo. Yeah. And then the next one uh, that we're going, we have a little trip on East Europe. We're going to do Amsterdam, uh, Frankfurt, uh, Switzerland, uh, Vienna, Praga, 
Prague. Uh, we're going to do Budapest. Uh, Budapest. And we're going to Moscow. Then come back. I'm a big Second World War guy. I Hold love on. So you're going to go. I'm going to. Hold on. You're going to go to Amsterdam, Vienna, Budapest. The, the, the uh, and then we're going to fly to Moscow. Wow. Just and Frankfurt. And you, Frankfurt. We're you're going to down. Germany too. We're going to across Germany. We're going to Cologne. We're going to kind of drive down. Man, that's that's a we lot do, of destinations. How do, long is I that going to be? I do. I do. It's about. 15 days, no, 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 20 days, probably, probably 20 days. But we do something, my wife and I, we do something called extreme tourism. Mm. We love and we enjoy it. I mean, there's a lot of people like, you know what, no, I want to go to one city and stay a week. We kind of take two days, day and a half, two days to each city. We just go around. And if we love something, we make it back. But on this trip is more like we usually take train, we drive, we fly, and we take a boat. That Those are the four requirements when we go to a country. We try to do... Those things. So it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting trip, and I'm just I just uh, this is gonna be interesting because of the new world. Yeah, what's gonna it, happen? Yeah, we gotta see it, Manny. Thank you so thank much. You, thank you, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank I you for sharing it. some thank of your you life. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Thank you, sir. Guys, I love this interview, and I hope you did too. Manny's story of how he overcame all these challenges and what is he doing today gives us all an inspiration how we can do it better. You can think life is hard for you, but life has been harder for some of these people who really dive in and who get into the trenches and make it happen. You can make it happen too. And if this interview inspired you and this podcast was something you liked for yourself, please share it with your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, your family members, your kids, your cousins and nephews. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please, Click the button, subscribe, rate, and review us, and it will allow us to help the spread, help the word, help spread the word. My goal is to inspire over a million people through this podcast, and I can't do it without your help. So please share this podcast with someone you think might enjoy it, might help them. And again, please go out there and make shit happen. Thank you guys. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for being part of my journey. And I really appreciate it.